everybody. Welcome to Keeping the Faith with Kim. I'm Kim Danderan, an everyday Christian just trying to love like Jesus and hoping to help you do the same. As a former high school theology teacher and youth minister, my goal for this podcast is to bring the Word of God to life for you. Each week, we will dive into God's Word and we will learn how to apply it to our daily lives. I am so glad you are here and that you are ready to start loving like Jesus. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode three of Keeping the Faith with Kim. If you are watching me right now on YouTube, you see that I have a very special guest with me today. And as I continue with these podcasts, I will be inviting guests, but I definitely had to start with my son, Zach, and he is going to be breaking up, breaking apart, and helping us dig a little deeper into the parable of the lost sheep today. What's up, Zach? Yes, ma'am. I'm happy to be here and just excited to uh, you know, join my mom in this venture she started. I think it's incredibly just special, and, and uh, you know, it's great to be able to share God's word, and especially with, with somebody you love, and, and I'm looking forward to hopefully... This not be the last time that I'm on here. So thank you and look forward to sharing the word with y'all. So this parable, the parable of the lost, the lost sheep, the third most searched parable of 2023. And I, I think that it's another one. We're doing ones that even people that maybe don't pay a lot of attention to the Bible or, you know, really spend a lot of time learning about faith. I feel like this is one that is depicted in paintings all the time that we hear about. So for those of you that, you know, we just want to do a little recap. There are two versions. You're going to find this parable in Matthew and you're going to find it in Luke as well. We're going to kind of focus on the one in Luke, Luke 15 verses three through seven. And basically here's the summary. Jesus is they're noticing that he's hanging out with some sinners and he's hanging out with some tax collectors and he's he's hanging out with the not popular crowd and people are like, what's up, Jesus? And so he uses this parable <laughs> to say, you know, what if you you lost, you had 99, you had 100 sheep and you lost one. You lost that one sheep. Wouldn't you search for that one wouldn't you leave the 99 and search for that one and and in the parable he tells the story of a man who does just that he leaves the 99 he searches for the one he finds the one and if you can picture the the vision of the pictures with jesus with the sheep on his shoulder and that's what it says in the parable he puts the sheep on his shoulder and he brings it home. And then he calls all of his friends and he's like, yo, I found my lost sheep. I found that one. Yes. And he brings him home. And so, you know, most of us know that when we hear that, we think about people, the non-believers, the people that are out there that just are choosing to not believe God's word or have chosen to walk away from God's word. And we know that God is searching. He is out there actively searching for the lost, those that have walked away or those who have never turned to him in the beginning. But I want to take it so far, you know, I take these in a little bit of a di- different direction. And I want to take this because I, I, I don't think we often talk about the believers 
that sometimes can be the lost sheep as well. And that's why my son is here. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I will have to say that my son is one of the most faith-filled young men I have ever met. God has been working in his life and on his heart since since he was a little, little boy. But there was a time within the last couple years where he was that lost sheep. And so before we dive into that story, Zach, um, you kind of tell us, you know, a little bit about where, you know, your age, where, you know, you can fill us in about who you are for those that don't know. But then I also want you to tell us, you know, what was your faith like before you sort of became this lost sheep? Yeah, um, I think start off, I'm 21 years old. I live in Edmond, Oklahoma. Um, just graduated from Oklahoma State and started a full-time job. So a lot going on there. Very exciting. Um, but from uh, from a young age, just having a uh, family around me that in, instilled in me the, the Catholic and Christian Christian values. I was very fortunate to grow up like that. And, you know, started with just learning about the Bible and understanding. But when I really started to gain a little bit more consciousness and understand, maybe there's something more to this. And I started to seek it out for myself. I got to really understand the relationship part of, of being with Jesus and wanting to to tell others about that. And it just, uh, as I grew up and matured a little bit, I started to fall deeper and deeper into uh but below the surface a little bit of figuring out why and what this is and, and how I can make a difference with it. Um, and, you know, through high school and the early parts of college, I mean, I, I really was in my faith is now, but was then as well, just my guiding principle to everything. Uh, it was if, if I, I like to use the analogy where I didn't plan my days around fitting God in my days were 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 God and then whatever whatever else came you know doing retreats and reading my Bible every single day and whatnot um and that that's that's where I was before before I I got lost all right so, so I'm going to interject there because while you were telling that story I was I was thinking about um you know when Zach was I think you were a senior in high school and got into a little bit of trouble which he doesn't often do made a little bit of a bad decision no, and you know he, we, he went to a catholic high school and i was really and still am very good friends with our priest who was the priest at our school at the time and he saw me later in the day he's like listen i gotta tell you i've been i've been here for you know like three years and i've just never had anybody waiting for me in my office wanting to go to confession since i started working here and so you know that was that was you knew how important it was to follow God's will and 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 to mm -hmm. you know put him first in your life. And so as a mama, it was really hard to see you enter into this period of being lost. So if you, you know, I know it's rough, I know it's hard to kind of share, but if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about I mean, your period of being that lost sheep. Yeah. So it's it's interesting and I'll start with, you know, a lot of times when when you hear about going lost, it's start making you know, bad decisions and doing this. And I guess there, there was some of that that resulted because of how I was feeling, but it, it started out as, um, just a, a battle with really anxiety and depression and, and whatnot. And these things that I was, uh, you know, was, was praying about and, and it wasn't, my situation wasn't changing. Um, I, I battled with, uh, a lot of, like I said, anxiety, depression, and these intrusive thoughts that were just, they were mentally debilitating and I didn't understand why 
that was happening. I didn't understand why it wasn't stopping. And I didn't understand why God was bringing me through this. And now I have such a different perspective on all of that. Um, but when it was, when I was in the moment, I began to, to get angry and lose that fire for, for God, because my life was just, my circumstances were not ideal. And it, it was just hard to keep going, hard to wake up every single day. And I was still, I was reading my Bible and I was praying and I was, I was saying novenas where I'm surrendering my life to God and I'd wake up and everything was the same. And it was just this constant, I mean, spiritual battle of, of waking up, being exhausted and going to sleep. And I felt like I just stopped living there for, for some time. And we'll talk about it soon. And obviously I'm, I'm not where I was, where I was before, but it was this time of not understanding what was going on to the fullest and ultimately getting angry and, and losing losing a little bit i remember one of the things that um you know when i was watching this this was about a i would say maybe three to four month period and i remember at one point you said i just want to go to sleep because if it at least if i'm sleeping my, my brain isn't doing what it's doing and so for a long time we just thought you had basic anxiety and it wasn't until later that we realized it was these intrusive thoughts and we had to spend some time investigating that and, re you know, reading about that. But you yeah. really did go from this person filled with joy and this vigor for life. You looked at every day. You were the person dragging me outside to say, look at the sunset. And then I was watching this, my son sit on the couch and just cry and saying, I can't stop this. Jesus isn't helping me. Prayer isn't working. Mm -hmm. I just want to go to bed and close my eyes. And oh, as a mom, that was that was hard to watch. Um and I want to interject a little bit. I want to bring a little bit of awareness to, I think a lot of people have what's, what's, you know, diagnosed as OCD and a lot of people have that and they don't really understand or, or speak up about it. And it's hard. Um, but it's basically when you have these intrus intrusive thoughts that, um, attack your core being of, of what you truly believe. And they make you think that you're quote unquote thinking things that are contrary to that. And it's really hard when it, especially to a spiritual person, you're like, what is going on? This is not who I am. And it attacks you. And I think that's the way that the enemy was using me was, was trying to change everything that I had perceived about myself. Um, and that, that's what made it so hard is because it wasn't just an anxiety. It was a, a attack yeah. of who I am. And that that was what made it made it the worst. I just wanted to bring a little bit of awareness to that because you know, there might be someone listening to this who has has gone through that, and you know, just a word of encouragement. Just hold on, you know, it, it gets better. I love how you said that. Um, you know, it was attacking the devil was attacking your core beliefs, your core being. And honestly, I feel like you were at the strongest place of your faith. And I always tell people, you know, God is fighting for us too. But the closer we inch to him, that devil's like, oh, I got to go after this one because he's getting yeah. real close to Jesus and I got to bring him back to me. And that was that was a definite battle that you were fighting. And so, you know, you're in this, you're we're learning as a family about intrusive thoughts and OCD and anxiety, how it's all together. Um, was there a moment, you know, you, you, you said you're angry at God right now. You're like, what is going on? Why isn't my prayer working? Why would God bring this to me? Was there a moment um, that something happened that there was a shift? Can you think of a moment or was it just a gra he gradually took you out of this? So it's a little bit of both. Um, it's a combination of both. There's a moment that I always think back to. Um, it's it's something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. And I'll start with this. that I'm someone who 
I mean, I believe in, you know, supernatural things and just the, the glory of God and what he can do. But I, everyone would, would say sometimes, you know, God spoke to me, God spoke to me. And I was like, I don't really know about that. Like, you really hear God. And there was one day, if you know me, I work out uh, a good bit and I recovery is something that I'm, I'm very passionate about. And I was in the sauna and I'm in the sauna and I'm just, I'm just burnt out from fighting and I'm just sitting there and, and you know, if you've been, been through it, just sitting down and tears are just falling, you're not even crying. And I was praying, I was holding on, I wear my necklace, it's the same exact necklace I still have right now, I was just holding on to it like this. And I heard God say to me, he said, have faith, my child, I will deliver. And I, I get goosebumps every time I say those words. He said, have faith, my child, I will deliver. And, you know, I think a misconception of when, when, when God works, some people think that from that moment that I got up and everything was changed. I got up, but I was a new man. And that's not really how it worked. You know, those words were so powerful. I, you know, I went home and I remembered that I wrote it down, but a day went by, nothing changed. Two days went by, nothing changed. A week went by, nothing changed. But I had hope and I had faith that my God was working for me. And that switched, that, that switched everything. So, so what was steps backward became maybe steps forward. And it was, you know, I did get better. I got 1% better. And then it was 5%. And then it was 10 and 15. And ultimately we got to a place where I was, I'm stronger than I've ever been in my faith because, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to be the man that I am today without going through that stuff. And I think that you know, now I can advocate it for it and I can, I can help people who are going through similar things. But, you know, in the next chapters of my life, when I'm, you know, shortly become a husband and eventually a father, I would not be able to be as strong and as, as morally and faithfully sound without going through all that. And I don't know if you saw this, but the devil was working here on this podcast as well. For those of you that are going to watch this on YouTube, as you were starting to tell the moment you started to tell about what you heard God say to you, you went totally blurry. It started to glitch a little bit. It was literally like I could hear you, but you were so blurry. It was like he did not want that message delivered, but... You delivered That's it. That's a powerful one. Um, and, and I also it, love how you you were very honest with, you know, people people think that when we ask God for something, it's like instantaneous delivery. And, you know, I love how you shared you woke up the next day and you were still struggling and then the next and the next. But the change was the hope where you were questioning yeah. and saying, why are you doing this? What is going on? You had hope that he was working, you had hope that there was another side, that you were going to be delivery, delivered. And every day yeah. you showed up with that hope and we saw that physically. Like we saw it in your eyes, we yeah. saw it in, and we saw it in everything. Actually, if you remember, you, you, we were two weeks into the second semester of the school year, I think, and you hadn't returned. You were working from home and, you know, a neighbor, it was late at night and, and I called a neighbor to come and pray with you, our dear friend, Stephen, who we love so much. And he came and he prayed with you, over you, for you, talked to you for a long time. And I think it was like 10 o'clock at, at night and you're like, okay, mom, I'm ready to go back to school. I'm like, what? what? You can wait until tomorrow. And you were like, no, I'm ready. It was just like this weight was lifted off mm. and it, it was hope. Like that was, it was hope. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's still something that it doesn't, doesn't go away necessarily, but you learn and you have strength and you figure out what, you know, what's God, what God has given you and your mindset changes. And every, every, ever since, you know, 
working through that. It's just been, it's been a lot. Now, when you look back, how did he deliver you? You know, at this time in your life, you're living in Pennsylvania. You're going to the University of Pittsburgh. So this is the second semester of your sophomore year, correct? Yeah. I don't know. Since I graduated early, cool. so it's a weird. Yes, it was the second semester of your sophomore year. So, you know, when you look back now, how did he deliver you? Yeah, so uh, if you if you caught on, I no longer live in Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> I now live in Edmond, Oklahoma. So um, definitely a crazy switch, but one that that was a hundred percent God oriented and divine. I um like my mom said, I was going to the University of Pittsburgh, and we actually. Went on a summer vacation. I met one of my my best friends, Preston. And Preston, if you're listening to this, I love love the heck out of you. Um, but I I met Preston, and we just hit it off. And I, I I knew I wanted to transfer somewhere, and I had no idea where to go. Where I wanted to go, and Preston was. I mean, this is sent from God at this point because he was like, "Man, I think you love Oklahoma State," and I was like, "Oklahoma? Like I I can't. I don't even know if I could find that on a map." And uh, and at this point, but when sure. you're telling me this, I'm like, I do not like this new friend Preston that you met on this cruise, right? I was like, right. what? When you said, <laughs> Mom, I think I think I want to go to Oklahoma, but mm-hmm. where you had been, we were just like, this, you know, this has to be from God. So let's 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 explore it. We're as a believer, we just knew you wouldn't ask something like that. And you were so strong about it. You were like, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, when we even dive back into it even more, we weren't even supposed to be on that cruise. It was a last minute change. Preston wasn't supposed to be on that cruise. It was a last minute change. And the funniest part is like you were the only two people on the entire boat with mullets. And you just, you know, it was like, yes, God paving the way to make sure y'all met because he knew the, the, the path he had planned for you. And it involved meeting Preston, being on that cruise, and being led to Oklahoma State, which then since you've been there, he's delivered you even more. Yeah. And there's there's the big thing. <laughs> um, you know, through through all of that, you know, all the friendships that I've made, but also leading me to the, the love of my life, just um meeting Carson and being able to to form that relationship that's stronger than anything and being able to to live a life following Christ together is just the the most beautiful thing in being able to just ex- experience something that is that is just so god honoring and and just the the whole process of me getting here and even how uh Carson and I met that night just it being so unlikely and how you just felt god working through all of it there was just a sense of peace through every single moment when it's starting from going to Oklahoma I I I never left home. Like, right. I, I wasn't somebody who just said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I mean, I used to get picked up from sleepovers growing up. And I just had, this, I used to have this sense, this, this calling of, you need to be here. And I now know those reasons, but I don't also know what's ahead. And I know that God has big things in store. But what he delivered me from and into now with just the, the great friendships that I've uh, formed, the career that I'm starting in. And ultimately, ultimately, Carson and her family and the family that we will start has just been beautiful. And I can't give him enough enough glory because you know he he works in mysterious ways, and he he, he delivered you delivers. He, it's he delivers. Period. I mean, that's it's 
it's a beautiful thing. And I, w- I would say, you know, to anybody going through, whether it is anxiety, whether it is whatever it is, if it's a, a, a layoff, a hard time, whatever it is. I mean, if you hold on and you just have this attitude that God is there, he's reaching out for you and you just, you just hold on. I mean, he, he takes you there. He protects. He's, he's a good, good father. He's searching. And you know, it's not all. He's, he's, he's always, always finding the light. And I, I picture, you know, now it's like I can, I can picture, um, you know, the, the lost sheep on his shoulder and kind of a weird image, but it, it was you and he was bringing you home and he was delivering you. And it was like he, he was, he was saying, you know, this may not make sense now, but when you look back, you're going to see without this, without the period of being lost, you wouldn't be where you are now. And that's the beauty of this parable. And Zach, I am so, so grateful. You know, when, when you were delivered, he delivered you to Oklahoma and that took a surrender on my side too, because I don't want my baby boy living that far away from me. But I just knew that this was, was God's plan. And so I'm just so grateful you took time tonight, today to, to open up this parable with me and dive a little deeper because I, I truly believe that we know when we hear this, that we think about the people that turned away from faith, like we talked about in the beginning. And we think about the people that maybe weren't believers at all. But I felt like I wanted you to be able to share your story. Somebody so faithful, so filled with faith, but you still got lost. And, 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 and now, now you're home, you're home with him, you're home in Oklahoma. And how crazy it is that mom and dad are going to be joining you in Oklahoma as well. So couldn't have, couldn't have seen that, coming, crazy. but the Dandarans will be moving to Oklahoma um, as well. So God, whoo, little did we know when we were going through this a couple years ago, that by holding on to hope, continuing to believe um, that this is where he was leading all of us. So any closing thoughts as we get ready to end this episode? Other than just hold on. God loves you. I mean, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. But it's also a little complex and it's just he's his will is his will his will will. I love that. <laughs> his will will. If you just Amen to that. Just just trusted it. I mean he's he's got the whole world in Paul's hand, like that song we used to sing in, in C C D. Oh my goodness. All right. Thank you so much for being here. And y'all, next week, the number four, the fourth most searched parable, the parable of the lost coin. We will be diving into that and seeing how we can apply that to our life. And as I will always say, until next time, love them like Jesus.